Podcast Answer Man, episode number 360. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Hyatt from This Is Your Life and MichaelHyatt.com. You're listening to the man who has trained more people to podcast than anyone else on the planet. My friend Cliff Ravenscraft, he is the podcast answer man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right. It doesn't matter if you're brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you've been creating online content for years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and I'll tell you what, talking about taking things to the next level, last week, I almost lost sleep over episode number 359. Right after I finished recording last week, I said to the live chat room, wow, I did not like how I feel about that episode. And in fact, I immediately said to them, I said, you know, if I was to rate this on a quality of content scale, last week's episode was about a six out of 10. That's how I felt, just gut feeling about last week's episode. And I published it anyway. But if you guys had a chance, if, you, if you've taken a look, if you go back and look at the episode show notes for last week, you can just go to podcastanswerman.com episode, uh, episode, actually it's at podcastanswerman.com slash 359, there we go, you can read that my show notes are more of an apology letter as to the quality of the content, and I don't know why I felt so negatively about it, but I, I just recall later that evening, I was in the car with my wife, and I'm thinking, man, should I have, should I have put that out? Uh, you know, where is this coming from? What, you know, and why do I feel sometimes a bit of insecurity about the quality of my show? And, and I think there are a couple of reasons for that. And, and one of the reasons is that I do have a pretty high standard that I like to hold myself to when it comes to the kind of content that I'm creating. I mean, I do want to create content that people can't live without. I, that, that's a that's a kind of content that I like to create is where if somebody hears that they say, wow, I am so glad I heard something that was said in that episode. My life is going to be better because I heard that episode. And, you know, the reality is, is that that sometimes that is a pretty high standard that man, if you if you hold that up for every single episode, it's it's hard to deliver on that, although Oftentimes, I feel like, well, shouldn't I try? This is the reason why I do a show on a weekly basis, one episode per week, than trying to create you know, episodes every single day or, and, and stuff like that. I, I want to create content that when I come here, I'm able to share some kind of experience, some kind of story, some kind of thing that's going on in life or things that I'm thinking about, some kind of resource that is so valuable 
that I bring to the table and, and, and I share it in the podcast episode and I say, that's something I think that, if, if, uh, that a good number of our community out there, the people who are listening to the show, when they hear it, they're going to be glad they heard it. They're, they're going to be thankful they heard that episode. And then I just got to thinking, why don't I feel like that that's what happened in episode 359? And part of me thinks that it might have been the fact that, you know, the whole episode was pretty much devoted uh, to somebody who went by the name of Buck Inspire, who called in and asked a question about his podcast and telling about how after several years of podcasting, he still wasn't satisfied with the number of downloads. And of course, I think that that sometimes is a trigger for me. I think you guys who are listening to me, you know that that if you really want to trigger some emotional, deep-rooted feelings inside of me, that all you have to do is call in and say, I've been doing this for so long and I still only have this number of subscribers. It doesn't matter if it's 50 or 50. Wow, that got stuck in my throat. Ah, I should edit that out, but I probably won't unless it continues. I should go get some water. But anyway, so uh, where was I? Oh, you know what? It it doesn't matter if it's 50 or 50,000. Anyway, so I got to thinking, why was I so hard on myself last week? And I think part of it was the fact that I was afraid about how Buck might respond to the way that I, you know, reviewed his show. His 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 question was, you know, is there some, you know, can you tell me what your thoughts are about whether or not if I were to shut it down and relaunch as a new show to get new and noteworthy, is that going to help me out? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? That's what he was asking. But then I got to think, it's like, gosh, I went so far as to saying, you know, you know, did I did I go so far as to say bluntly? Well, I, you know, I kind of reviewed your show and it's not ready for new and noteworthy to to make a lot of an impact. Did I did I go so bold to say your show's not exactly noteworthy yet? I and and I, I thought, man, was I just overly negative, overly critical and. And I think it tapped into something inside of me that goes along with some life principles that I tried to integrate into my mindset and into my personality. Um, when I read the book by Dale Carnegie called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And one of the things that it says is, you know, never, never be overly critical of another, you know, don't don't be a complainer don't be a negative person don't you know always say things that you know that are uplifting and encouraging and i understand that some people desire to have me say to to okay how about this some people desire to have me critique their work it as a coach i can't just say oh everything's fine that's not how coaching works you know that you point out some things that need some help and you encourage them to go on and and i the question in my mind, I think, though, was this guy, Buck, was he was he really asking me to be his coach? And did I maybe step over the line? Well, and also, <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, first of all, uh, I went over and over and over again just how much I was tripped over, tripped up over his name. You know, is your name really Buck Inspire? For whatever reason, I just think that that's just... It, Something inside of me tells me that's not your real name, and and for whatever reason that really bothers me, and that 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 you know for me this is a mindset, I'm, or I'm sorry, a roadblock, an obstacle for me being connected to you as a content creator, and as a result of that, 
you know, that I shared all of the things, all those feelings. And then I got to thinking, you know, and it was it was later that night and I'm, you know, letting laying in bed. And it's like, should I go? Re, should I go remove that podcast episode? You know, heaven forbid, I, I'm going to get a message from this guy and he's going to say, dude, my name is Buck. My last name is Inspire. And I was just eaten up. And, and folks in the chat room that afternoon, they, you know, they were they were encouraging me. It's like, hey, this is what we call for. This is what we listen for. And and uh, all of those different things. Well, anyway, the interesting thing is that if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash 359, I am incredibly honored and extremely thankful to, well, let's call him Buck. <laughs> because Buck left a very thorough and a very detailed response to what I shared in his episode, and um, he did mention that you know, it, it, you know, his ego was slightly bruised, and and for that, um, Buck, <laughs> and I, st- I said, I have. And here's the thing: he did tell us, he did, he did uh, explain his his name is not Buck Inspired, uh, Inspire. It is well, he didn't. And here's the thing: he didn't tell me what his name is, and for whatever reason, I Buck, I have a hard time calling you Buck, knowing that Buck's not your real name, but. Um, this guy that we were speaking of, uh, who goes by Buck, uh, did respond and, uh, I'm very thankful. And, and he told me that it, he was very thankful for, uh, the information that I shared. And by the way, I did go to his website. He's instantly put a lot of the advice into practice and I can tell that it's certainly helped out and I'm very thankful for that. And, and when I, now that I'm on the other side of this, I kind of look back in retrospect of, man, what was the real genuine rating of quality on here? And so in in, in this guy, a.k.a. Buck, <laughs> in his response, he says, I'm sure that they got value as well. I'm talking about the listener. He says, it may not be a 10 in their book as it is in mine. But I'm sure that they would rate it rate it higher than your six. He says, "Can we split the difference at an at an eight? And you know, Buck, I think that the big there were two things. So all of those things that I just shared about last week's episode and the thoughts that were going through in my mind those those were I would say eighty percent of it. And then there was twenty percent of it was the fact that at the beginning of the episode I had one of my monologues, if you will. And I wondered how valuable, how helpful that monologue was. Did it drag on too long? And where does that fear, where does that kind of anxiety come from? And it's come literally from, if I had to guess, it might be just one single individual. Part of me thinks that maybe a second person may have pointed out the long monologues that I tend to go on. But it, but in reality, it might have only been one person who complained about sometimes my, you know, sometimes my going into a very lengthy, long monologue at the opening of my show. And the reality is, is that what's wrong with me having a monologue that goes on if what I'm sharing, I'm sharing because it's on my heart and it's on my mind. And that gets me back to this question of, you know, how, what kind of content am I creating Am I creating a show that I love that speaks from my heart or am I trying to create a show that contains tons of value and 
are those two things mutually exclusive or or can they be combined? I, all of these different thoughts go through my mind. And the reality is that um, now that I look back in hindsight, I don't know why I was so on the fence about last week's episode. I don't know why I rated it a six. And, and if anything, I think that I was afraid of two things. One, I was afraid of how Buck might re- how how Buck might feel, or and I call him Buck, but you know this guy that calls himself Buck, how he might feel and take what I shared. What was was I overly critical of him in front of a large audience where he may not have actually desired that much criticism of something that he's put obviously so much hard work into for several years. That was a huge concern of mine. And then the second concern of mine was literally just a few listeners. And and I'm not going to name their names, but there are a few listeners that I listen that that listen to this podcast that mean a great deal to me and and their time I know is extremely valuable. And and here's oh gosh, now that I'm saying this, this is going to open up a can of worms for me. The reality is, is that there are there are about three or four people I know that that tell me that they listen to this show every single week, and these these people are people that I look up to. I consider them to be mentors, and the fact that I'm creating content that that is that is at such a level that it would gain their um. That it would gain their interest? No, that's not the right. But it, 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 that my content is at such a, a level that they would be committed to subscribing to and listening to Podcast Answer Man every single week. When you know these guys are very successful, very popular. They're you know obviously got a lot of. I mean, they're all aware of some amazing podcasts out there. You know, but one of them just recently said, you know, listen, there's I'm going to give you the top, you know, so many podcasts out there that that I that I that I know about that I subscribe to. And I was number I think I was number two or number three on that list. And then he says, OK, well, that's that's this many podcasts. But now I'm going to share with you the few podcasts that I never miss an episode of. And I was either at the first or, or I'm sorry, either the second or the third on that list. And. And, you know, that's one person and then there are other people. And to think, you know, okay, wow, there, there's all these other wonderful shows that these people are, are subscribed to, but they don't listen to every single podcast they're subscribed to every single week. But my podcast is one they never miss. And, and then all of a sudden I create an episode that I don't feel really added too much value. It, it, it You know, it didn't have some kind of, big huge mental like mindset shift kind of you know inspirational story to it or any kind of like takeaway but but then I think you know does does it have enough technical information or is or is the technical stuff that's not applicable to those people is it so is it so basic and boring that that kind of that you know listening to me talk about it for a while sounded boring and then I then I got to um, thinking about some comments that a friend of mine um, who who had passed away about two years ago uh, had told me, and this is this is a guy who was a mentor of mine. He is actually way more than a mentor to me. Uh, David H. Foster is, was his name, and um, David was one of those guys 
who listened to my show every single week. And he didn't just listen to Podcast Answer Man every single week. He listened to Podcast Answer Man every single week. He listened to Family from the Heart, a show that my wife and I do every single week. And he listened to every single episode of Pursuing a Balanced Life, a podcast that sometimes I recorded several days per week. And David listened to all of those. And he told me, and he, he would he would text me, and and this, by the way, this, this was a very successful pastor in Nashville, and he, you know, again, somebody whose time is very valuable, and he obviously, you know, makes a lot of choices intentionally about where he spent his time, and to think that he spent so much time listening to me, and, and I recall asking him one time, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I, I put some shows out there that I just, I just don't feel like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're hitting the mark and it just can, you know, I, I hear somebody like you tell me you listen to every single episode and I wonder why. And he goes, well, Cliff, I, I don't just listen to you for the content. I, I listen for, I listen to the way that you communicate and that, you know, and sometimes I think I lose sight of that. Sometimes I get so involved in, is it the subject that I'm speaking about? Uh, is it the only thing that is of value in the content, the kind of actual, you know, the the bullet list items of what I've decided I'm going to talk about? But what, you know, it, it got me to thinking, and then all of a sudden, I, I, I'm not going to name names here, but I listened to a podcast of a certain friend of mine, and I've never missed an episode. He's almost on his one thousandth episode of his show and I you know I I think about this I list I've never missed an episode out of almost one thousand episodes actually I will name his name his name is Father Roderick Von Hogan I don't know why I wouldn't tell you anyway you can go to the break again that's the break dot sqpn dot com the break dot sqpn dot com he's on episode number 921 I've never missed an episode and what I can tell you is there are many bullet point items or topics that he discusses in his show that I have absolutely no interest in. You know, there are some topics that he talks about that just, you know, the topic alone just bores me to tears, you know. But at the same time, when he's talking about those things, I don't get bored and I'm enjoying listening to his show. And 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 I and I want to make that clear. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So, so he he's been recently over the last couple of months been you know doing a you know plant based food diet, a vegan lifestyle, and there have been several times where he's talked about it at great length. And I have zero interest in that content, but at the same time, I have an amazing desire to hear him talk about whatever it is that he desires to talk about. So I I guess I think what I'm saying is that even if I think maybe the content isn't exactly at the standards as far as, you know, the, you know, is this is this something that's going to radically change somebody's life? It may not always be in every episode, but there I guess there is something of value in just being there talking. I might be talking about voicemail met hotlines and and let's just say you already know all about speakpipe you already know about <clears throat> google voice 
as an option. You know all about, you know, some of these basic things. You've heard me answer the questions maybe 10, 15, 20 times uh, over the course of this podcast as it's been going on for the last several years. But I'm wondering, and I would imagine that if the same is true what David, my friend David Foster told me, and if the same is true of how I feel about Father Roderick when he talks about some various different topics in his show that I'm really not all that into, I would imagine that sometimes when I'm talking about mundane things or sometimes not talking about anything of value at all, that you may actually enjoy that. And you may actually enjoy that if you happen to be one of those four people that I'm thinking of that say they listen to me on a weekly basis. And, and that it blows my mind to think that I still uh, I still gain you know an hour of their very valuable life every single week. And, and so I said that that's going to open up a can of worms, and that got me to thinking. It's like, wait a second. What makes those listeners any more valuable than anybody else out there? There are thousands of you who are listening to this show every single week. And you're thinking, you probably think, if I was with you, I'd be thinking, well, who, who am I? You're so concerned about those four people <laughs> and and how much, you know, is this show good enough for them? But what about me? Who am I? Chopped liver? And it's like, oh, man, that, what a double standard, I guess. And I always talk about that, too. It's it's something that I'm really big on is understanding the value of every single listener. And um, anyway, so episode 359, um, Buck says, you know, let's split the difference and call it an eight. And and actually, I, you know what? I think that's fair enough. I, it's, uh, certainly, I think that uh, the fact that this guy who calls himself Buck, <laughs> the guy who calls himself Buck, but still has not told us his real name um, for whatever reason. Anyway, he he says he didn't have a problem with last week's episode, and that immediately takes away that. And so I would raise it up to an eight just based on that alone. And now that I think about what I'm thinking about how, you know, everything I just shared about just talking and, and, and how you communicate and what's on your mind and sharing it, you know, it's, it's not just about the content, but sometimes it's about whatever you just want to talk about. And at that, I, I think I might actually say that episode 359 was a great episode. And so is this one with 22 minutes of a monologue that, by the way... Every word that I just spoke to you, none of it in the plan for this ep- this week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. All of that was prompted by the script, taking it to the next level. Yeah. So, that's what's going on there. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go ahead and play two audio questions that came in on the voicemail feedback hotline. First one is from John. John, take it away. Hey, Cliff. This is John Johnson. I just wanted to let you know I appreciate everything you do. You have got me hooked on the idea of podcasting, and I'm about to start soon. Wanted to ask you real quick, do you know if I can use uh, music from Audio Jungle for uh, my intros and and outros? Anyway, uh, thanks. Take care. And again, I appreciate all you do. All right, John. uh, Thank you for calling in. You know, the one thing that um, with royalty-free music, anytime anybody has any question related to music, now I immediately ask them to go to podcastanswerman.com slash music. If you have any question, anything, any thoughts about using any kind of music in your podcast, 
you want to listen to episode number 341. Uh, and it says, how can I play licensed music in my podcast? Royalty-free music, independent music, pod-safe music, jingles, custom music, and more. All of that is in episode number 341. The entire episode is devoted to that topic. And it is at podcastanswerman.com slash music. Now, with that being said, um, I don't think I specifically call, covered you know, Audio Jungle. And I did say in that episode... You want to check with the licensing. Well, I've, um, John, I've never purchased any music from Audio Jungle before. Uh, But what I will tell you is that you could, it's actually owned by uh, Envato. It's a a network of online websites that's owned by Envato. And you can go to support.envato.com. Support.envato.com. And they can answer that specifically for you. Now, Wayne Turner was in my chat room last week when I was actually thinking about covering this question then, and one of the things that he says is that if you're using the music in a in a product that you're going to sell, you need an extended license. However, if your podcast is for free, you can use the music that you buy there. Now, again, that's what Wayne Turner said in the chat room last week. Um, I, I would definitely advise that you just take a quick glance at their licensing. And if you have any questions, do reach out to them at support.envato.com. John, I hope that helps in some way. And then uh, Charity had this question. Hi, Cliff. My name is Charity Kuntz, and I'm calling from Fort Worth, Texas. And I'm calling in regards to the podcast Answer Man. I have been listening to the podcast now for several weeks. I stumbled across it through uh, several various jumps in podcasting. I started off listening to Mer Lafferty's show and somehow managed to get to you. And within just a few episodes, you had me convinced that I, as an award-winning children's author, needed to record my own podcasting shows. And I was hoping that you might be willing to give us a look at, or at least point me to an episode where you've done this in the past, if you have, Give us a look at a day in the life of a podcaster or actually a day in the life of Podcast Answer Man and kind of share an inside glimpse as to what someone can expect as a new podcaster as they jump into this. I find myself just a little bit intimidated by all of this. I run three businesses. I'm a successful children's author, and my schedule is a little packed. So I'm adding this in with the expectation that it will do a lot of good and bring me a new audience. But at the same time, I'm a little bit intimidated by the idea. So um, I would love to know your perspective and uh, kind of how you juggle everything uh, that you have to do with production and um, just kind of get a deeper feel for the podcast experience. Thanks, and I love, love, love the show. I'm totally addicted to every episode you put out. So keep up the great job, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Charity, thank you so much. And by the way, you asked for a day in the life of the podcast answer man. And I want to tell you that that's not necessarily the average podcaster's uh, daily life because um, I'm a little insane. Uh, There was one time when I was producing anywhere between 10 to 15 podcast episodes per week. And on top of that, running way too many other things on the uh, as as additional streams of income in my business, one-on-one coaching and consulting, 
uh, mentoring a large group of people known as the Podcast Mastermind and a ton of other things going on. Uh, I was doing equipment sales, everything. Anyway, but um, there was one episode of my vlog. Actually, if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash blog, occasionally I'll put out a blog post. And sometimes those blog posts are actually vlog or video logs. And uh, the video logs or the vlog or the, yeah, we call we call them vlogs. Uh, there's only two of them. I did uh, the very first episode I, I put online at the... You can find my vlogs at podcastanswerman.com slash vlog. But what you want to see is the second vlog. And it is actually a day in the life of me, the Podcast Answer Man, on a live show Thursday. So it kind of gives you a feel for how my days are on a typical Thursday. And again, my days are a little bit out of the norm and a little over the top. So it's not necessarily what you should expect as a podcaster. But you do get some insight into some of the things that I've got going on. Uh, if you want to see that vlog post, by the way, you can go to podcastanswerman.com slash V002. So the V stands for vlog 002, podcastanswerman.com slash V002. Now, I will tell you, if you want to know kind of like what's the process, what you know, what does it take to put to, uh, together a podcast? Well, I actually talk about that in another video that I did called A Proven Podcast Workflow. And this is more along the lines of things that you could potentially expect as a podcaster. But that's, of course, if you're doing things the way that I do, which is having you know a bunch of equipment recording into a digital audio recorder, recording everything live with the audio clips in. Which, by the way, if you think you're intimidated now, it probably will be even further intimidating for you. But that's okay. Don't be afraid to let these things scare you. And I think it's okay to be scared by it all, by it all, because that's a good thing, Charity. I want to tell you, this whole idea of podcasting will it be the one of the single? Will it be the single greatest investment you can make to taking your brand, your message, your your everything to the next level? Absolutely. I don't, there, there's no question to that, but it's a lot of work and I will never underestimate the amount of work that it takes to put out a great podcast. And if anybody out there tells you that a podcast is easy, they're lying to you. Not necessarily. There are several ways that you can podcast that make it easy, but it's not going to necessarily be the kind of podcast that's going to give you the benefits of you know that that I normally talk about. So so you know it 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 is a lot of work and it is a little overwhelming. And with the things that you mentioned, it's probably going to be uncomfortable for you for at least two months to launch a podcast and get it up and running and find some momentum and and really get a feel for it. it it'd be two months of a lot of uh, uh, some some might even call it pain to get that thing up and running but it's worth it it is absolutely 100% worth the work of getting it up and running and once you do you'll you what what will take you let's just say potentially hours to edit your first two or three episodes will eventually get to the place where you'll get so good at it that you'll be able to do show prep and however much time you want to put into the show, the preparation of what you're going to say in your show. 
If your show's for, let's just say your show's 30 minutes, it'll take you 30 minutes to record your show, maybe 40. And you will get to the place where it's not going to, if you're going to do editing afterwards, you're going to get to the place where at first it might take you three hours to edit that episode. You'll get to the place where it might take you another 20 minutes to edit it. And then you'll get to the place where once the show's edited, it'll only take you another five minutes to put it online uh, and to publish it to your website. And so up front, I would say each weekly episode, once you have, and by the way, initially setting up the podcast, getting it configured and uh, all that stuff, that's where a major pain point is as well. Depending on how you learn how to podcast and get it all configured will determine how long it will take. I'm working with 30 students right now. I'm teaching them over the course of four weeks. Uh, so, and, and, and if my students who are uh, going through my course, if they actually follow everything in the assignments and they don't skip any assignments and they actually complete each and every assignment that I assign them each week, which is totally doable, then they would have a they would actually have their podcast in iTunes by the end and the other directories by the end of the uh, the third week. By the end of the third week, they will have everything. Now, um, it's a lot of work, but here's the deal. Let's just say your podcast is, your first podcast is all, all done. Your podcast is, or your website's configured. RSS feed has been submitted to all the search engine or all the different directories. Now, from week two to week three, a 30 minute show, if you consider pre show preparation, show recording, post production editing, and publishing to your website, you're looking maybe three to five hours. Per episode, minimum, probably, minimum. But after 15 episodes, you can see that going, let's just say, down to an hour, maybe an hour and a half. So that's per episode. And here's the thing. Is that a lot of time? Yes, it's still a lot of time. But the amount of impact that it can have for you is out of this world. And if you are intimidated then get over the intimidation by actually weighing the benefits that a podcast can give you. And then if you have not yet done so, go to podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days. And that's podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days. And perhaps you may have already said that at the front of the episode that that's where you found me. So anyway, Charity, I hope that helps you out. I hope it does. All right, um, let's see here. Stitcher ads. I, I, I put this out here. Are Stitcher ads really supporting the content producers themselves? I got this uh, message from the CEO on advertising. Uh, this is from Noah Shanak. It says, as you may have noticed, the amount and frequency of advertising on Stitcher has increased in recent weeks. Advertising is an integral part of our business model, enabling us to continue to provide Stitcher service for free However, I wanted to acknowledge some growing pains as we've rolled out and offer my sincere apologies. Uh, the good news is that there is a rapid, uh, there is rapidly growing interest in fr- from advertisers looking to reach Stitcher listeners. This, in turn, has required us to ac- accelerate our learning around the best way to deliver advertising and persevere or, no, and preserve the listening experience you've come to expect from Stitcher. Among the many things that we've developed at Stitcher is technology for delivering advertising through our app, throughout our app. As the advertising volume in the past week has increased, we have seen instances of our ad system performing in an unexpected and somewhat sometimes suboptimal ways. 
For example, by delivering ads at less than ideal times, serving repetitive ads, and other issues. Uh, as a result, we have committed to partner with Google for all of our ad serving moving forward. They are the leader in this space, and integrating their technology will be a major step forward to help alleviate many of these issues. It will take us a bit of time to com- to complete the in- this integration, but it is a top priority for us to ensure we bring you the very best experience experience possible on Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your patience and understanding as we make the transition. We've also been listening to your feedback on Stitcher Plus, which by the way, I've never heard of Stitcher Plus. Anyway, obviously some of you have already chosen that option for enjoying ad-free listening. Okay, so they can pay to get it ad-free. Keep, let's see, keep the feedback coming and it's possible we will be evolving the Stitcher the Stitcher Plus offering in the coming months. This option currently available in iOS, and we are actively evaluating how we can bring it to Android. Stay tuned. Finally, we want to make you aware that we share our revenue with our content providers. And to our knowledge, we are the only service doing so. I want to read that again. This is from Noah. He says... We want to make you aware that we share our revenue with our content providers. Now, I do not think that is a accurate statement. I'll explain in just a moment, but let me finish reading the letter. And to our knowledge, we are the only one only service doing so. We recently expanded the program to include more of our content partners. Okay, that's there we go. That kind of hints at the truth. Uh, we re- and not not that this is a lie. I'm just saying that yeah, just you know, if you're a podcast subscriber and not a content creator, you may be thrown off by the st- statement that we <clears throat> we share our revenue with our content providers. And he he's, but they, he does say we recently expanded the program to include more of our content. So it's, it, basically, it should have said we want to make you aware that we do share our revenue with many of our content providers or some of our content providers. But it's not all of them. That's my point. Anyway, we recently uh, grow. Let's see here. We want to continue to grow the revenue sharing program as we grow. Uh, You should know that by listening. Okay, here, here it is. You should know that by listening on Stitcher, you are also supporting the content producers themselves. We are dedicated to growing this industry for everyone. Now, this is not, in my mind, if they're writing these letters to the people who have the application, all right? To everybody who is a Stitcher subscriber who has this app. And he says, you should know that by listening on Stitcher, you're also supporting the content producers themselves. Now, this would be an okay statement. I would not have any problem if it had actually said, you should know that by listening to Stitcher, you're also supporting the content producers themselves who are currently enrolled in our revenue sharing platform or who are eligible for revenue share, okay? But it does not say that. In, in essence, if you're if you were the recipient of this letter, you may come away from receiving this letter and thinking, 
boy, Noah Shannock wrote in the letter, says, hey, you should know that if you listen to Podcast Answer Man on Stitcher, you're also supporting Cliff Ravenscraft himself. And I want to tell you, my friends, this is not true. I do not receive a penny from uh, Stitcher Radio. Now, do I receive something of value from Stitcher Radio? I do. So do I have a problem with them serving ads on my podcast content? <clears throat> no, I don't. And and why do I not have a problem with them serving ads on my on my on Stitcher on on my content on Stitcher? Well, it's because they're offering the ability for me to reach an audience of people who prefer to use the Stitcher Radio app, or in in many cases, many people who subscribe to shows in Stitcher who maybe would have never found my show had they not had me in their catalog uh, because they don't go outside of Stitcher to find content. They they find all the content that they desire inside of Stitcher, and so that's what they prefer. They're, you know, they don't even use iTunes or the Apple Podcast app or any other podcast app. And, you know, of course, that, you know, whatever floats your boat. And I know that a good friend of mine, uh, he only listens to stuff inside of Stitcher. <clears throat> and, and, and that's great. And I'm glad that my show is in there so that uh, that person, this friend of mine, can consume my content. I think it's a wonderful thing. And as a result of that, it costs money to put their your service together. It costs money to be able to do the things that they're doing as a business. And I think Stitcher Radio is doing amazing things. And I think that they should find ways to be profitable. However, I want to tell you that if you get a letter that says, by listening to Podcast Answer Man on Stitcher, you're also supporting Cliff Ravenscraft, you are not. It is not true. In fact, you're you potentially are actually doing a couple things that could uh, counteract some of the things. So, for example, if you're subscribed via Stitcher, you're one less thing. You're you're one less stat. You're one less number away uh, uh, that that is that iTunes is not aware of, which happens to be the number one resource out there for. Content. So when you subs- when you choose not to subscribe in iTunes, that's one less, you know, you're, you're one less number in my statistics. Now, of course, anybody that knows me knows that I could care less about statistics. But the reality is, is that they do they are kind of valuable. And, and so by being inside of Stitcher, uh, you're and also the other thing is, is that when you're listening, Stitcher takes my show off of my RSS feed. And then they take it, download it, and re-encode it, by the way, uh, in a much lower audio quality. And so I, if you're hearing my voice right now and you're listening to me on Stitcher, I, don't, I do not sound as good as in your ears right now as I would had you actually subscribed to me any other way. Uh, so you're actually listening to an inferior quality production of this show. And, and that's been one of my major gripes and complaints with Stitcher Radio is that they re-encode my file. And, it, and I, don't, I do not personally like how I sound inside of Stitcher. So I don't like that. Uh, but the other thing is, is that I, there's no way for me to... Well, actually, no, that's not true. It is... It is... Um, it is... Uh, what is the word? It is inconvenient for me to go and try to find out how many of you are actually listening via Stitcher. I have to actually go in and log in under a different portal 
and find out how many of you are listening there. And the reality is, is I never go sign into Stitcher to find out how many. That's not never. Maybe once a year, twice a year. Um, and usually only because I'm logging in to do something for a client or a student to check out something. It's like, oh, while I'm here, let me see how many people are listening in Stitcher. And, uh, I, you know, I think there are a couple, you know, a couple hundred, maybe even a thousand of you. I don't know. Um, but the the reality is, is that you when I'm looking at my stats for my show, it, it's kind of like you're not even on my radar in a way because they they kind of split the stats, you know, from from that. It's not flowing through. I heard that they were going to change some things about that. I don't know. But eh, whatever. But here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. I, am I upset? Now, Charles is in my chat room. He says, I use Stitcher. And I think that's great, Charles. And by the way, I'm not asking any of you to, to say, you know what? You know, Cliff would prefer us subscribe in iTunes. I'm going to go do that for him. No, 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 no. Don't do that. If my audio quality works for you inside of Stitcher, stick with Stitcher. Do not, I, I already told you, I'm not that big on stats. It doesn't bother me. I do not monetize this by the number of people who who subscribe to my show. So it's no big thing whatsoever. I do not want you to change your listening habits. But what I do want you to understand is that I and even as popular as my show is, and even all of my shows, I have all of my shows in, in Stitcher, even myself, I'm not eligible for revenue share with Stitcher. You see, here's, here's the revenue share. Dear partner, after listening closely to you, by the way, this is from the Stitcher team. This is an email that I received a while back. After listening closely to you and with the goal of being the test audio platform in the world for your listeners to enjoy news and talk content, Stitcher is pleased to announce our new revenue share program available to all our partners. And then it's got a little subhead, you know, that little note. See note one at the bottom. All right. And and, and by the way, uh, I, I will read to you what that note says. It says to qualify a partner must have 5,000 or more active listeners per month on Stitcher. Now, do I have more than 5,000 subscribers to Podcast Answer Man? Absolutely. Do I have that many on, on Stitcher? No, I don't. Uh, and, and part of that, you know, now, could I have more? Yes. But I do not promote myself on Stitcher at all. I just would not promote an inferior, less, you know, an audio quality that's less than the one that I intend for you to listen to. I'm just not going to put the Stitcher badge on my sidebar. I'm not going to tell the world that I'm on Stitcher unless I'm here talking about Stitcher. I'm not going to promote Stitcher in any way, shape, or form because if I'm going to get you as a subscriber, I'd like you to subscribe in a way that, you know, that, that I'm, you know, you're going to be able to hear the best of what I have to offer. And again, I'm not asking anybody to change. But but here's the thing. One thing I can tell you, while I do have more than 5,000 subscribers to Podcast Answer Man, I'm almost positive I do not have that many people. Uh, I do not, well, I'm positive I do not have that many people in Stitcher. So S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com. I'm going to click in here to the partner portal. So I will get in and see if it tells me 
real quickly. Here it is. This month's total active listeners says no data available. All right, well, that's fine. Here's last month's total active listeners. Are you ready? 487. That's right, 487 uh, are the active listeners. And by the way, what is an active letter? It says we want to, uh, He it, this letter that came in from Stitcher says, we want Stitcher to be the number one platform you choose to have your audience hear your content. Well, Stitcher, that can happen if you stop re-encoding my file. Um, and if you were able to do that, which by the way, I did actually have somebody say, you know what, I've been able to work that out kind of, Maybe if you email, well, I emailed my contact there and I hadn't heard back. So Stitcher, if you get wind of this episode, please feel free to email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. If you can put my show to where it's not re-encoded at a lower bit rate, please let me know. Anyway, uh, we value your partnership and believe it's important to help move the industry forward by sharing our revenue with you as we begin to monetize the service. As of today, May 19th, 2014, you will be eligible to qualify for revenue share if your show network or network has a minimum of 5,000 active listeners on Stitcher in a calendar month. In a calendar month uh, in active listeners, it says active listeners are defined as a listener who pays more than 30 seconds of a piece of audio and have listened to the current in the current calendar month. To learn more about our revenue share program, visit our partner FAQ page where you can find answers to all your questions, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I have, uh, let's see here. I have currently one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I have 16 of my 30 podcasts in Stitcher. And the total month of the last month's total number of active listeners of all of those was 487. And I'm not going to use the word only 487 anymore because I don't like that. You know what? Thank you to the 487 of you that listened to more than 30 seconds of any of my content last month on Stitcher. I think that is awesome. But what I do not think is awesome is that everyone that has the Stitcher app gets a letter from Stitcher saying that by listening, by subscribing to and consuming Podcast Answer Men in the Stitcher app, you're actually supporting Cliff Ravenscraft. That, my friends, is not accurate. And and now they did again. They didn't say those words specifically. They did say, um, they did say that we want to make you aware that uh, we share our revenue with our content providers and to our knowledge, we are the only ones. Um, oh, where was it at? Uh, okay, you sh- Okay, here it is. You should know that by listening to Stitcher, you are also supporting the content producers themselves. And I wanna tell you, I know the top of the top of the top of the top in iTunes, and I will tell you that those people, if you think that you're listening to them in Stitcher, is also producing a revenue share with them, not happening either. Uh, 5,000 active listeners in Stitcher would take a lot of work because, well, Stitcher isn't the number one place for podcasting. So anyway, my, my topic here, the reason I bring that up is this. Is Stitcher 
Are Stitcher ads really supporting the content producers? And the answer is yes, for only those who have more than 5,000 active listeners per month for their podcast or their channel of podcasts or their network of podcasts that are listed in Stitcher. And the number of people who are doing that, I'm sure only Stitcher can tell you how many they have that are in the revenue share program. And I'm sure that they're expanding that. And maybe one day they'll make it lower. But even if they dropped it in half, I don't have 2,500. And even if they dropped it down to 1,000, I don't have 1,000. And I'm, and by the way, I don't mind that they're still putting ads in there. I don't mind that they're not sharing revenue with me. I do mind that they told you in an email that by subscribing to my show in their platform, it's benefiting me financially because that is not accurate. Anyway, my friends, <laughs> there we go. That is all I have for today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. Uh, I hope that this episode was valuable to you. Real quickly, I want to say thank you to those of you who used my Bluehost affiliate link to sign up for your websites. There is caketostake.com and heraldree.com. Thank you guys for using my Bluehost affiliate link. Of course, you guys know that if you use Bluehost to sign up using my affiliate link for your hosting account, I get a very generous commission when you do so. And uh, those two folks did that. So thank you. And also, uh, my next podcasting A to Z course, it is now open for registration. And it's all the way out in September of this year. September 1st is when it starts. And uh, if you want to register, you can go ahead and sign up today. Because I can tell you right now, I'm waiting. Let's see, that's all of July and all of August. So I'm waiting two whole months. And there's also all of this month. So that's three months away. Within the next three months, I guarantee you that class is going to sell out. So if you've been thinking about it and September is your month, get in there and sign up today. And that's going to be it. Um, This is the last podcast episode that is being recorded in Studio One, a.k.a. the old house. I am going to miss this. I mean, this, this this is a part of history here. By the way... This house that I'm in right now, it's going to be for sale soon. And if anybody's moving to the Hebron, Hebron, Kentucky area, you can purchase history, a historic landmark, the original, the original GSPN.TV world headquarters. Anyway, if you're interested in buying my house and only serious people, (laughs) you can email me cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Otherwise, we're going to put it on the market in a couple weeks so uh yeah last last uh actually yeah last podcast episode in this space and i'm an hour and 15 minutes this week oh my goodness god bless until everything (laughs) yeah whatever she says